and stroke her faces. Tarja's costume is her beautiful. Hey, good morning, everyone. It is exciting to be with you on this first Sunday in Advent. I know we all get a little bit thrown, right? Because it's actually the last Sunday in November, but it is the first Sunday in our celebration of Christmas. And I'm excited because Christmas is coming. I mean, come on. Doesn't that just really, you know, twinkle your toes or maybe your lights? I don't know. But I'm excited because this is the time of the year that we are able to celebrate the birth of Christ. And, you know, I, I hope this is true. For you adults out there, I hope you haven't lost the magic of the decorations, the lights, the candles, and what about the Christmas cookies and the treats? All of those things are wonderful experiences that we have to look forward to. And I do have a question. What's your favorite Christmas movie? Okay, on the count of three, I want you to yell it out. Are you ready? One, two, three. It's a wonderful life. Oh, that's one of mine. Did you say that? Did we agree together? I have a stack of Christmas movies. I literally get out the DVDs. I have a stack. And depending on my mood, I pull one of those. And I try to get through like 10 Christmas movies before the season ends. And that's why we thought it would be fun to launch a new series called, and, and it's simple, it's just called Christmas at the Movies. Because the movies I watch remind me of some incredible memories that I have. For instance, my mom just passed away and she is the one who told me about the movie The Bishop's Wife. Now it's been remade, but my favorite is with Cary Grant. And I can remember sitting next to my mom the first time I watched The Bishop's Wife. And it, it's just a beautiful memory. But guess what? I have another memory of a Christmas movie that has to do with my kids. Do you watch the movie Elf with Will Ferrell? It's in my movie stack. And I got to thinking about one of the famous scenes from, from that movie. And it's the clip where Will Ferrell says, Santa's coming! Santa's coming! Now, now, now listen. I know you're already laughing at me and that's okay. Uh, here's the thing. If, have you ever thought about it this way? If we can get so jazzed by the, the phrase Santa's coming, when that whole Santa story is based off of St. Nicholas, and of course it's been commercialized, and wherever you land on Santa with your family, that's, that's up to you. But I, I really got to thinking with this series, uh, Christmas at the Movies, I thought, what, what in the movies we watch help us be reminded of the things that matter about this 
Christmas season. And it dawned on me when I was thinking about Elf. In fact, I went and watched that clip on YouTube. And it dawned on me, if we can get so excited that Santa's coming and, and it's been so commercialized, why don't we get excited and say, Jesus is coming? Hey, come on, will you do it with me at all? On the count of three, one, two, three. Jesus is coming. Do you get that excited? In fact, here's a great word, anticipation. Do you have an anticipation that Jesus is coming? Now, I'm not trying to rewrite theology in any way. I know that Jesus has already come some 2,000 years ago. He walked this earth minister, totally human, totally divine. Jesus died on the cross and rose again. But here is this thought. If we can get so excited with movies like Elf and Santa's coming, why don't we just get so excited and, and, and joyful when we think about Jesus is coming in this season, and we get to have an, an anticipation of reliving this wonderful birth of our Savior. I realize we've all been through a lot. We, we have. But do you mind if I just take a few minutes this morning as we launch into this new series? And I help us prepare. I want to help us anticipate how incredible these next few weeks can be. These, these weeks that make up the Christmas season. So that we'll actually be so overwhelmed with the thrill of our Savior's birth that we will shout out, Jesus is coming. And to, to set the stage, I want to turn to the story about the Magi. I want to begin with this story. A lot of times we, we do the Magi story after the Luke story because we, that's kind of the chronological order. But I want to start with that. And there are three words I need you to remember today. Okay, here they are. I want you to remember the words hope, love, and joy. Okay, say them with me. Hope, love, and joy. If we're going to anticipate and get excited that Jesus is coming, we're going to need hope, love, and joy. Let's look at the story. I'm going to read all of it for us as we begin. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem and Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. 
For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may to go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. On coming to the house, in fact, verse 10 says, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. That's very important. And on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented their gifts to him, gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. I love that story. But as I think about the story of the Magi, something comes to mind that perhaps we lose sight of. It's easy to begin this Christmas season, not in anticipation, but in desperation. We, we get overwhelmed. We've got to get all the decorating done. All the cooking has to be done. We've got to set up all the parties. And how are we going to get together and stay safe? And we're all asking, how do we remain healthy? So when I think about the Magi, and I think about this anticipation that Jesus is coming. The very first thing that comes to my mind is the word hope. Think of it this way. Christmas anticipation must be filled with hope. And that's why I love the Magi. These were uh, men from the east. Think of the Medes, Persian, or Babylonian Empire. They were known for their um, astrology, their ability to interpret dreams, and they were very interested in ancient documents, scrolls that they could read with futuristic prophecy. Well, it only makes sense because uh, when Jerusalem was conquered and all of uh, Judah was conquered by King Nebuchadnezzar, they took an incredible amount of Jewish people to, the, to this new land, and they enslaved them, they empowered them, they educated some, like one of my favorites in that story is Daniel. But fast forward hundreds and hundreds of years later, and what we realize is this, the Magi, who probably weren't Jewish, but they had this interest because they discovered by God's divine plan that the king of the Jews would be born about this time in history. They had an anticipation. Now, they didn't know that the baby would be born and he would be born in Bethlehem. They didn't have all that figured out. They didn't know his name would be Jesus, not yet. But think about this. None of the unknowns kept them from anticipating the birth of the Messiah. Do you have any unknowns in your life? Do you have any things 
that are going on that really bother you and 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 they bug you you wake up in the morning thinking about them you go to bed at night thinking and you're like i i just i just wish i had a crystal ball i wish i could see it all no 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 you don't really trust me on that now we need an anticipation filled with hope and if there's something that reminds me of the hope that god has for us it's the star. It's the star of Bethlehem that the Magi saw. Now, now, people, scholars, academics, I'm none of those. I'm just a, a, a pastor. But some, some of these scholarly folk believe it was a supernova. The planets merged together. Um, I don't know what it was, really. In fact, if you read enough, it's it's. Solid experimentation in theory. But, you know, it doesn't really bother me what it was. I think it was a divine moment. In fact, I know it was. That through the star, the Magi didn't have everything worked out. But when they saw the star in the east, they were filled with the anticipation of hope. In this Christmas season, I want to challenge us to stop trying to get everything right. Think about it. Doesn't it bug you when you set all the lights up and, and your tree is decorated and one of the strands goes out? Doesn't it bug you? It bugs me. And then Kay will look over at me and so she, all of a sudden in the middle of a show, did you see that the lights are, you know what? I get it. I, I totally get it. We're humans. We want to get it all together. We want to put it all together. But did you know this? That we don't have to have everything in place. Not all the details have to be worked out for us to anticipate with hope and look for Jesus everywhere we turn, just like the star. Let's look for Jesus and be willing to anticipate what God is doing in this season. But I'm going to guarantee this. Wow, I'm giving a guarantee. If, if you and I only think about the things that we have to do or the things that aren't right in this season, we'll become negative and stressful and we'll miss the whole story of the Magi. We won't see that Christmas is coming. We'll actually have this feeling of dread like Christmas is coming. No, 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 don't do it. Let's start right now this weekend. Let's start to anticipate with hope because God gave the star to the Magi to say, I know you don't have everything in the framework the way that you want it, but you've got to start the journey. You've got to begin now. And the star reminds us of hopeful anticipation that the Savior is going to be born. And then there's another word. Not just hope, but love. In fact, can I expand it to compassionate love? They get to Jerusalem. The Magi get to Jerusalem, and they meet King Herod. Now, Herod is, is kind of a Roman puppet. He's, he's over this area. He's given a lot of freedom, but nobody's really tracking with him. And the minute that the Magi come, everybody is concerned. Now, here's why. The Jewish leaders are concerned 
because they should have known what these Gentile magi already knew. And by the way, the reason that they weren't prepared is because they had no hopeful anticipation. You and I will miss so many things if we're not hopefully anticipating what God is going to do. And we have this incredible expectation. But Herod was a different, different mindset. Herod was paranoid because he wanted to be the king. Can you imagine the Magi are coming and saying, hey, the king of the Jews is being born. Herod's thinking, I'm the only king. Did you know this about him? He was so paranoid with fear that his first and his favorite wife, historians tell us, he had her killed and he had his two sons killed by that mother because of his paranoia. This is mind-blowing. How about this tidbit? Herod went ahead and arrested several Jewish leaders so that if and when the day came that he died, he would be assured that there would be people wailing in the streets. Why? Because he was going to kill those leaders. Now, that is a person who needs medication and help. But the Magi, the Magi, they're not rattled by Herod. Herod says, let me know when you find him. I want to come and worship. It's a lie. It's all a lie. But the Magi are, are, are put off by that. And I think there's a reason. So many people, then and now, live their lives in personal conflict with themselves and with God. Just like Herod. You don't all of a sudden drop that kind of baggage because it's Christmas. But the Magi were totally at peace. Even in the midst, even in the midst of the difficulties, think about this. Scholars really believe it took them two years to get from uh, the kingdom of, of, of the Medes and Persians down to Jerusalem traveling with their entourage and their gifts, it probably took them two years, especially because they didn't know exactly where they were going, and they had no GPS then. I, I'm really enamored. I'm astonished with these magi. In fact, we call them wise men. We, we sometimes think there were three of them. We really don't know how many there were, but we think of that because of the gold uh, frankincense and myrrh, three gifts given to the Christ child, to the Messiah, the King of the Jews. Well, think about that. Whole entourage comes into Jerusalem, the capital city. It only makes sense that you go to Jerusalem, the city of David, but you find Herod and all of this fear and confusion. Why? Because those people then and people today are so concerned about their rights that we forget our responsibilities. They're so caught up in their personal conflict that they miss, please hear this, the love and the compassion of God. Are you anticipating, even in the midst of your struggles, can I say it again? Even in the midst of the struggles and the decisions that you, 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 you have to make or 
you know you need to make? Are you at peace in the midst of that? Because you're placing yourself not in the control of fear. You're not being controlled by fear. You're not being controlled by negative people. You're not being controlled by, by folks that can never get happy or by to-do lists that will never get all checked off. Compassionate love. My heart was broken years ago when Kay and I were very young, long before children. I was a young pastor and one evening we decided to go grab a bite at Wendy's and we saw a young teenage girl. She was unkept. And Kay and I looked at each other and we said, I think she's a runaway. And we both didn't know what to do. Not a lot of experience back then. So we went over and we bought her food and we went over to her table and we said, you seem to be struggling. And we just want you to know that if you need any help, we're here. And we gave her the food. She was so full of fear. She was overwhelmed with the struggles in her life, which we don't even know what those were. She got up, didn't say a word to us, and even left the food on the table. Don't leave God's love on the Christmas table this year. Don't do it. Can we be like the wise men and not the leaders in Jerusalem and Herod the king who were overwhelmed with paranoia and fear and confusion, living life in conflict instead of in peace? I want you to be reminded this Christmas season of the Magi and whatever journey you're on, even if you think it's the longest journey of your life and you're thinking, when's it ever going to end? When are we going to get there? Are we there yet? Focus in on the compassionate love of God who prompted Magi to travel two years so that the timing was spot on when they arrived and they were able to find the Christ child, the King of Kings. Not just the King of the Jews, but the King of Kings. And it brings us to our third word, hope. The incredible love of God and joy. I can't help but think about John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have eternal life. There, there is such a, 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 a hope, a love, and a joy in God that he's excited, saying to us, Christmas is coming. But we've got to be the one that may, now listen, we have to be the one that makes room for joy. If God's hope is in place and God's eternal love is in place and he sent his one and only son so that we could have life to the full eternal life, then we've got to get some things out. We've got to dump 
dump our emotional cups and make room for joy. Did, did you know what the scripture, did you hone in on this? The Magi left Herod unrattled. Why? They saw the star of hope. They felt the leading of God's love for the world and for them. And then it says when they saw the star, they made it to Bethlehem where Jesus would be born. And they were overjoyed. Literally in the Greek language, it says that they had exceedingly great joy. And then we're told that they rejoiced. Literally that says they rejoiced with joy. I love it. I love it. Are you really, am I really going to let the stress of the holiday overwhelm us with all of our requirements, family expectations? And are we going to miss those, I call them holy Christmas moments of anticipation? Where all of a sudden there's there's a, a presence as we sit and look at the lights on the tree and God is speaking. Or where we come to a Christmas Eve service and the candles are lit during silent night and we're in awe. Or we find just the right gift to buy and we're so excited to give because we've been blessed with so much. And of course, a wonderful glass of eggnog and a good cookie reminds me that I should be joyful in all things. Are you making room for joy? And I need to give a word of caution. Can I do that? Don't have expectations of everyone else and even of yourself. And Fill yourself up with what you think could and should happen and not leave room for surprise because this is a season of anticipation where we make room for the joy of miraculous wonder. That is the magi. To be wise men and wise women this season, let's get ready to approach the, the king of kings, the child in the manger, or maybe even for the magi, Jesus might have been too, scholars think, when they found him. And did you know this? this? They weren't upset when they found that Mary and Joseph were poor, lowly, common. They weren't upset when the star fell over Bethlehem and it wasn't Jerusalem. They weren't bothered or bugged that it seemed so uneventful in the eyes of the world. But it says, and we, we read it, they bowed, they worshiped in wonder, their anticipation had been fulfilled because their expectation was to find Jesus, the Savior, the Messiah, the King. 
And you know what? They did. And they were full of joy. There were two little girls who skipped down the street. They were best of friends, about eight years old, nine years old. And they loved to play together, talk and chit chat. And they always passed one house on their walk to and from school. And uh, it was kind of dreary. They never saw lights on and uh, they never saw anyone home. But one day on the way back uh, from school, they saw an older gentleman out uh, working around a couple of the trees in, their, in the front yard. And so they thought they'd stop. Aren't kids great? They really have no uh, a fear at all. Um, and they stopped and they just said, hi, hi, how are you? And the old man looked up and, and he was like, well, hi girls. And then he just dropped his head. That's not enough for a child. And the girls went over and they said, uh, what are you doing? And he said, well, I'm, I'm working around the trees. He said, uh, my mother used to live in this house and she loved her trees and she wanted everything right as we left the fall and into the Christmas season. And and they said, well, where's your kids? He said, I've never been married. He said, I'm all alone. The girls looked at each other. They smiled. They said, can we help? And he says, sure. And so for a couple of hours, they worked cleaning up leaves and working around the trees and the yard. Really, it was a nice accomplishment together. What the three of them had done together that afternoon would have made anyone stop and look at how clean and put together that yard really was. And the girls looked at him and said, can we ask your name? And he said, well, my name is Harry. And then all of a sudden, Harry took two coins out of his pocket. He said, I don't have much, but he squeezed a quarter in each of their hands. And he said, thank you for making time for me. Well, that wasn't enough for two little girls. Knowing that Christmas was coming, they anticipated such great celebration in their homes, the lights, everything going on. So they, they made a pact. They said, let's save our money and let's buy Harry a gift and let's get him some lights. They waited till the week before Christmas. And they went, they went with their gift. They went with a couple of strands of lights that their generous parents had given, and their mothers each baked a pie. Well, they went and they they didn't want Harry to come out yet, so they, they got the lights, as good as little girls can do. They got him in the bushes in the front, and they found a plug, 
and they plugged them in. It was just starting to get dark, so you could just see the twinkle in the lights. And they knocked on the door. Harry came to the door, and they said, come outside, come outside. And he came out, and he saw the lights, and they said, our moms baked pies. And they, they put him down, and then from behind their back, they brought out a pair, brand new pair of gardening gloves. Harry hadn't said a word, but when he opened the gift and he saw the gloves, he had them in his hands. And all of a sudden, to the surprise of these two little girls, he put them to his face and wept. And then Harry dried his eyes and the girl said, we didn't want to make you sad. He goes, you didn't. This Christmas I thought I had nothing to look forward to, but you have brought me hope. You have shared your love. And these are tears of joy. This Christmas, we can be a lot like the movie Elf and think all that Christmas is about is found in that phrase, Santa's coming. But there's a much better phrase. There's a, a much better truth to celebrate. Jesus is coming. And he's ready to give us the hope, the love, and the joy we need if we'll be full of anticipation because this is a season of miracles. Let's pray. Father, help us to be ready to receive all that you have for us. Help us to anticipate that Christmas is coming. Help us, Jesus, to make room for hope, love, and joy. And may we decide that some of the things that we think we have to do aren't as important as the things that you're calling us to be a part of, to experience. And God, may we be so full of joy this, this Christmas season that you can just invade our hearts and minds and people will see the love and the joy that we have and they'll be filled with hope because Jesus is Lord. The King of Kings, Lord of Lords, has come to the world to save us from our sins and Jesus is alive. That's what Christmas is all about. And we pray these things in Jesus' name can't wait to share more with you in the coming weeks. Christmas at the movies. It ought to be a wonderful season and a great series. As you get started, just remember, you're loved more than you could imagine. And until we see each other again, take heart and be transformed.
and just walk me and the and you and you you pick you just get you the mistakes and get we do it to solve your links and save house